Welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Stuart. And I'm Simon. We're both property people running our own businesses, and this podcast is just us chatting, as we often do, about anything and everything property. And this week, as promised, because I said I would hold him accountable on your behalf, dear listener, Simon has managed to pull some stats out for us this week, so we can have a little chat around what's what what we see as happening in the marketplace. So, Simon, if you want to uh, pick up and just give us a bit of a description of what you've produced and how you did it and what it is. Yep. Well, as promised, I have tried my best to come up with some meaningless stats. So, uh, listen and uh, absorb at your own risk. <laughs> um, Hopefully there there may be some some nuggets of curiosity within them at least, but um, yes, don't don't uh, base your next investment purchase solely on anything we say today. <laughs> but um, what I would say is, for anyone that is listening to this and has any other data which they think either supports or doesn't corroborate whatever we say, feel free to share it with us via usual channels on thebusinessofproperty.com or email us and we'd love to get that in as part of the conversation. Yes, indeed, very definitely. I'm always pleased to look at pretty graphs and and stats and compare and contrast between thoughts I have elsewhere. So yeah, the more the merrier, definitely. For these particular stats that we're going to look at today, they've been put together with the help of the Patma browser extension which provides price history and uh, some buy-to-let estimates and extra nuggets of data within listings on Rightmove and Zoopla and, and similar sites. So they're, they're based loosely on information from those, those portal listings. The, the data collection that doesn't come directly from these portals, so it isn't absolutely perfect. And indeed, there are, there are some ups and downs in the in the graphs but uh, but the trends i think are most meaningful from the uh, from the information we've got so the first graph that we've got prepared here is showing the change in the number of property listings using the number of property listings that were in existence on the market at the beginning of january this year so 2020 as the base so the the start of the graph as is 0% because at that base, nothing's changed. And then we can see in the first couple of months of the year, there's uh, about 5% more properties on the market compared to that, that base point at the beginning of January. So this is what you'd expect really in a normal, normal year. Everyone's a bit slow for Christmas and New Year's. And then as the year starts, people are coming along and saying, right, let's get my, my property sold, get it on the market. In this particular graph, there's a little bit of a, a blip, but I think that's more of a data blip than a, a market blip, uh, where it drops a bit at the beginning of, of February. But if, if we ignore that and follow the trend, the, the number of properties available for people to, to search and potentially buy is up about 5% from the beginning of the year. And then, of course, lockdown hits. The number of properties available dips. People take the properties off the market. There's no new properties coming onto the market for ones that are selling, et cetera, et cetera. So we have a few months where it goes pretty low, less than uh, 5%. Or sorry, I should say it the other way around because it's negative. So uh, a more than 5% reduction in the number of properties currently on the market um, at any one time compared to the beginning of the year. And then as we've come out of lockdown, the number of properties on the market spiked 
up quite a lot. Pent-up pressure, news of a frothy market and stamp duty holidays and whatever else has pushed lots of people out into the market to, to try and sell their property. And it went up to sort of 15% over the number of properties that were on the market at the beginning of the year. And then stayed sort of levelish around that point, with it starting to to drop off again again now. So we're, we're still at somewhere between ten and fifteen percent higher in the number of properties on the market compared to the beginning of the year. So before we go on to the the next graph, Stuart, do you do you want to, to add in any sort of analysis or thoughts on on what this graph might might be telling us? No, I think I would just call out that. Don't forget, we were having the Boris bounce, weren't we, at the start of this year? And that, that feels like a very long time ago that we were talking <laughs> about the Boris bounce. So one might be able to argue that we were seeing that 5% increase in property listings. That, that could have been tabled as quite high at that particular time versus previous period. Again, I, I don't know the, the stats at the time. But if I start thinking that in January, 5% additional listings you know, coming from the base point was high. By the time you then get to September, where we're saying that, you know, there's 15% greater listings, that shows you just the the impact that we all know COVID has had on on the on the listings in in the property market, particularly from March to to June, where we where we see it start increasing. So I think it for me it really just outlines what we what we know anecdotally in terms of how people have approached approached their property listing. Yep, I, I agree. I think that the end of this graph showing that we're now heading into a period of time where there are probably more properties being sold than being put onto the market, again, just fits with, with what we'd expect anecdotally. It's that time of year. People are, are starting to think about things other than selling their property and the stamp duty holiday deadline is is looming and people are now thinking they might may not have time to to sell in time for that yeah so i, I think those, those pressures are probably just slightly reducing the the number of properties that are actually out there again which which is all to be expected and for those of you that do look at the graph because obviously we'll share this in all the relevant places if you go right to the end it looks as though and of course it could change but it looks as though that average trend is about to point downwards, as as you've just said, Simon. It's just because we are heading into that period where people are worryingly. We're thinking about Christmas now, so <laughs> seem to have other priorities. Yes, my wife is uh, far too prepared and has already started buying and ordering in Christmas presents and and thinking about christmas food and oh my goodness yes i can't cope but uh, but yes she's she's very prepared yeah and i'm sure other people are are getting distracted with such thoughts as well (laughs) sounds very much like my wife who 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 squirrels away christmas presents from the start of the year onwards and then forgets that we've already bought christmas (laughs) presents for certain people and buys them again but um moving on exactly what happens in this house too (laughs) (laughs) so anyway moving on to the next graph then that first one sort of matches with kind of what we'd expect anecdotally this second graph i put together to try and show what i was seeing or thought i was seeing anecdotally and the graph i've ended up producing doesn't agree with what i was expecting so um so i'll i'll try and talk through what the graph 
shows and and sort of what I was expecting at the same time, and then uh, and then we'll see see, see where uh, where your thoughts are, agree or disagree, Stuart. Afterwards. So what was because I think it's a really good thing to do. Any of us, any of us that work with data, know that we should always try and approach data with some form of hypothesis. So interested to know from audience perspective, what was your hypothesis about what was happening, just in general terms? Okay, I'll, I'll start with the, the with the hypothesis then. This graph shows the percentage of property listings on the market that have either increased in price or reduced in price in a given week. So every, every week, some properties that are already on the market will inevitably have the prices reduced to try and encourage sales or have the prices increased because people think they can get a bit more for them. And this graph tracks that across time. And I was expecting at the beginning of the year to see fewer reductions because there was the Boris bounce going on and people were, were thinking that the market was frothy. So perhaps there would be less need to reduce properties. Then obviously we had lockdown, basically everything stopped. So be very few reductions, very few uh, increases just because there'd be very few changes because nobody's doing anything. And then as we came out of lockdown, there was a, a lot of pent up pressure. There was lots of talk about the market being frothy and a a good time to to sell. And then on top of that, the stamp duty holiday was thrown in to add extra oomph to the market. So again, I was thinking there'd be very few price reductions. And indeed, sort of my own looking around on the property market, I had seen very few. So I was sort of thinking that, that that's what was happening. People were, were thinking it's a great time to sell, no need to reduce, lots of buyers around, lots of activity, and prices should hold. And then just anecdotally, in the last month or so, I've started to see more price reductions come through. So I was thinking that that sort of frothiness was perhaps coming to an end a bit and there would be a, a marked increase in the uh, the price reductions, certainly in, in the ones I was seeing personally in the areas I look in. However, having actually dug out the data and put it on a graph, that's not really what it shows. <laughs> um, so I'll try and talk through the graph a little bit now. At the beginning of the year, there was still a reasonable amount of activity around price reductions. There were some price increases as well. So perhaps half a percent of the market, a bit, bit under half a percent of the market each week saw a price increase. But somewhere between three and four percent of the market each week was being reduced in price. And so that's a reasonable number. And then, of course, lockdown does come along. These figures drop noticeably, both increases and reductions. And then coming out of lockdown, the properties or the, the percentage of active properties being reduced actually picks up again quite quickly. So it's back up to over 3% of the, of the property market being reduced each week. And it, it does that within weeks of the end of, of lockdown, around early June time. And although the data is a little bit noisy and, and the, the actual graph is a bit up and down, the trend line seems to be pretty steady in a gradual increase in the number of, or sorry, a gradual increase in the percentage 
of properties being reduced every week. So from 3% beginning of June up to maybe as much as 4.5% of the market now-ish. I was really expecting it to be much lower for a while after lockdown and then a marked increase towards the end. But but this seems to show just a gradual, steady slope sort of leading up to more and more price reductions each week. So does does this mean the market wasn't as as frothy and, and alive as as the news and I thought? What, what do you reckon, Stuart? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, for me, having viewed properties, putting property onto the market, as you know, one of those we did have to reduce and that would have been around August time. And it, although there is a, a marked increase, <laughs> tough one to say, there's marked increase in the, in the, in the reduced number of um, <laughs> I prices. I I've been struggling with that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> But looking at the chart from July, we can see that, that in terms of the moving average, it's showing that those reductions, as you've said, steadily increase. So the number of reductions are increasing and looks like that is the moving average onwards. My, my personal experience is of seeing a number of properties. And I remember looking at property back in July, mid-July, end July, and because particularly because of the 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 SDLT holiday and then thinking that maybe we just want to hold it out and it and it feels like that noise around the SDLT holiday particularly from that point in time did lead to people increasing prices in fact yeah conversations i've had directly with an estate agent said that they had put a price into the property the interesting thing for me is, I think you talked about it, if we look at the increased prices around the time of the SDLT holiday between July and August, it's only, well, it's under half a percent. Half a percent of the market had increased yeah. the price. I was expecting a little bit more of a bump in in the number of properties being increased. And indeed, anecdotally, I, I saw a number of them happen. But it seems, on average, across the market, it, it wasn't happening uh, widely enough to, to really affect the, the, the stats. So although the increase, the, the number of properties or percentage of properties being increased isn't really enough to show up on the stats, do you think that perhaps vendors and agents started building that in to the initial listing prices? Yeah, that's, that's, ex- that's, that's, that's where I was going to go as well, to be honest. I think... If I think about how it all played out, there would have been a lot of properties on the market in a buoyant, let, let's say buoyant for the sake of argument, in you know January, February, buoyant market. So we were talking about being a boom time. So for me, that means inflated potentially. Mm-hmm. So potentially thinks that maybe property prices were over what they should have been anyway. Then, of course, we just had the, the standoff and then we had the, the glut of properties coming back onto the market. And the, the stats that we looked at in a previous podcast, which I found quite interesting, demonstrated that that pent up demand was there. So for July and August, I think we saw the number of transactions really ramp up and, and that, that had mm. to be pre, well, that was pre stamp duty because no one knew at that, that time. So that was already there. So we were seeing a, a buoyant market play through. And then I think 
what you what you've just said is is what I believe is that people were, were factoring in the price, factoring the stamp duty, and and that was what surprised me. What I was saying before is that you know, I had someone say quite candidly, and this was a new homes builder. I think the stamp duty should have been, for sake of argument, twenty thousand pounds. Property was four fifty, and they were selling it for four seventy. And the conversation we had was you put the price up and they said, well, you're going to save that anyway. And <laughs> you're, you're, you're only paying it, uh, whatever the 10% deposit, which, which obviously made me laugh. And I thought, well, that's, that's fine, but we've still got to pay interest on it for the next 30 years. Yeah. Quite. You'll, uh, you're, you're more than pay for it in the end. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and they, they think that they can, just boost their profits yeah instead uh, of you paying the tax hmm. and that's obviously an anecdotal thing so I'm, I'm, I'm not sure how that plays out but i would imagine a lot of people are saying well okay this, now is the time and i think this stat the, this chart demonstrates that's the case because it's getting up to four and a half percent of the market now reducing prices that that's well i suppose the other the other side of the coin is as we mentioned before we are a heading towards Christmas, but B, we are now at that inflection point where what's the likelihood of you completing before stamp duty holiday and how concerned are you as a purchaser about the market in terms of its trend? So these are very real thoughts that my wife and I are having. My view, as you know, I'm a bit bullish about most things in terms of what I do. And my view is if we want to buy a property, let's just do it. We, we want to live there for 10 years. I'm not going to worry about, yes, we we could lose 5% or something. And this was a good conversation we had with Tom about actual overall values that we could lose. My view is, you know, we're going to progress. Of course, that will depend very much on the property you buy, where you buy, et cetera, et cetera. I don't want to caveat myself too heavily. But I think that could also be affecting you know, the nervousness around what will happen to the market once the the support of the, the holiday and the, the, the you know Sunex um, support starts to dissipate. Will that really affect the market? A, a lot of us are expecting that to be the case. So yeah, I've heard lots of stories on property forums already of people finding down valuations for the, the property both property they're trying to buy and property they're trying to remortgage. Mm. So there have been stories of, of people who are quite highly leveraged in their, their buy-to-let properties finding that they actually cannot remortgage. They would either have to put money in to do it, which they, they don't have available. So they've, they've ended up having to revert to lenders' standard variable rates mm. just because they cannot remortgage onto another um, fixed-rate product because the the overall value of the property has been reduced according to the, the mortgage lender well as always i put myself forward as a guinea pig because i am about to enter the the refinancing race once again the uh, <laughs> which i which i do probably once every couple of months just for everyone's benefit it's something that we constantly do um constantly refinancing but interestingly and this probably is another conversation i i paid for a evaluation independently because i wanted some confidence approaching it because I know that this value does provide valuations for key banks. And although, again, caveating us, when when you do pay for an independent valuation, it's very different from getting a bank's valuation. It's a, you know they're not bound by the same rules, so he could very well be the same valuer and grade it as a or value it as a lower 
value. I'm, I, I certainly am not writing that off, but uh, so I'll put myself out there. I'm just about to enter the process, so we'll uh, I'll keep you informed, keep everyone informed. That'll be very, very interesting to hear. I think at the moment everyone is very uncertain about the future and quite mm. where things are going to go, and that makes valuers who need to take some responsibility, and of course banks who are putting their money in uh, or at risk, should I say, makes everyone a bit nervous and twitchy and perhaps over eager to be cautious. Yeah. So yes, and of course once it starts, then everyone hears about it, and then everyone's worried, and and we go tumbling down the hill in a in a big snowball it breeds like wildfire and we've talked about this on podcasts previously that ultimately it's it's certainty if we have less certainty then we are less confident if we have more certainty we have greater confidence and that ultimately in my humble opinion is what really feeds into the the overall economical machine and obviously i know very little about it the, the inner workings but but that's what it comes down to is confidence and confidence comes from certainty so if we have lack of certainty we have lack of confidence we spend less money we hold on to it etc and we see the market turn and like you say we read articles on on forums and blogs and in newspapers and we see headlines even in papers that i have a lot of faith in that put sensational sensationalist headlines in there that then itself you know feeds feeds the flame feeds the beast as it were yeah quite so to put down our own own little feed what do you think is going to be the the line of that graph going into the future do you think the percentage of properties being reduced each week is going to continue to to increase or do you think we might now be looking at um more of a, a leveling off so considering that we're now that the percentage of properties being reduced each week is now above the level that was happening in sort of a, a normal market at the beginning of the year. I say normal in air quotes, of course, because there's always something else happening and something else changing underneath the market. But anyway, so yeah, do you think we're, we're going to keep going going up and, and hit sort of 5% a week being reduced or more? Or, or do you think we might be heading more to a, a leveling off and the, the sort of overconfidence of property listings being, uh, being put up at higher prices as, as ended? And, and there won't be as, as many reductions needed. Well, if we had a, an explicit tag on this podcast, I'd swear at you now for putting up me on the spot. But I don't think we do. <laughs> so I'm going to keep it clean because it's a family show. <laughs> good, good. Um, <laughs> no, in all seriousness, I mean, it sounds like I'm sitting on the fence. But when I think about it and I did, I, I have and I'm thinking about it live and direct on this show, I haven't done any real forethought. But if I think about it, my view would be that we'll see a bit of a leveling off. I would think if we're following the trend of everyone that's in the sector, conveyances, estate agents, solicitors, I think the message will be we are now reaching that point where hitting this, the, the stamp duty holiday will end. And I think that communication will be coming out very quickly from all parties involved, conveyances, solicitors, and so on. And so people will start accepting that their properties won't sell uh, before the before the end of the stamp duty holiday, and therefore start pricing it in in what we can term as as correctly. Let's just say that. Uh, again, I've got a little bit of experience. We are looking at property now, which because it's a new build, we're told won't complete until June or July, and they've been very overt with that for obvious reasons. And because of that, I, I do believe it's it's 
very well priced. I think it's a good price property. The, the, the pain for us is the stamp duty that we are going to pay on it. So when we look, we've, we've done our maths, we've done the spreadsheets, as many of us do. I've got so many spreadsheets on it, but we look at the price during holiday and post-holiday and the difference is about 20K. And that's, um, that's hard to stomach when we, we personally are selling a property to help fund this. And most of the proceeds of that sale is going to go straight to the wonderful HMRC. Uh, so to answer your question, I, my view will be we'll see a bit of a flattening out. I can't see any more properties uh, coming onto the market where they're overinflating because anything coming on now, if they're being reasonable, they have to accept it's unlikely they'll sell before end March and therefore have to probably price it more competitively. Okay, so to, to give a slightly different viewpoint, I think it's going to keep going up for a little bit because I think there's still quite a lot of properties that came to market at that price point that was a bit too ambitious. So I think we're going to see some more being reduced. And hence, I think that sort of weekly percentage reduced figure is going to carry on going up a little bit for maybe the next month. By that point, you're right, everyone will have already corrected pre-listing and of course the market will be slowing down for christmas and things anyway yeah. so people will be making less changes i actually agree i agree i, I was thinking to be honest from the end of november if and uh, <laughs> hedging your bets now are you <laughs> <laughs> no i agree you can't have two answers no no no, no. <laughs> yeah no i i do i completely agree i think um i i think we'll see for the next few weeks it's probably we're probably just in that little zone where people still think they can get it sold and then uh, well, end of November, you're in the Christmas running. So it, it, most people are not downing tools, but getting ready. So, Yes, indeed. Not Normally, it would be starting to go out for Christmas parties and things like that. But of course, it's all going to be a bit different this year. So we'll, we'll see see how things go. We will. And I think that draws us towards the, the end of the podcast. So as always, hope you're enjoying the show. If you are, let us know. Leave us a rating or review or do us a solid Tell someone about it. And for all the information for the charts that we've been talking about, head over to thebusinessofproperty.com and we'll see you next week.